This is Over the Line on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Got to say good morning. The one, the only. One young Ben Kenny. Biggest fan of Wales in the tie that was 1 1 against the United States. Good morning, Benjamin. Gentlemen. Oh, wait. You're a Welshman. Got a nice little point in group play. What do we think? Uh, I mean, I. I How does it feel to be a traitor to your country? I don't like the results being a tie. I don't think anyone does. I did. Like, I, think, I think Wales did, actually. Play some extra time, maybe. They, they did. Do that, they do that in the knockout They played a season. lot of extra time. Eight minutes of injury time. Yeah. And that's another thing. All of the soccer hardos are going to be angry at this statement. But, like, why can't you just stop the clock when someone gets hurt? It's running clock. But but why? I also, the just one thing I don't like about that is, especially at the end, so in the second half where they played, what was it? The nine additional minutes, yeah. but then there was injury time right. in the extra time. Like, well, only but, the referee knows. But yeah, but you don't know. It's only the referee that knows. It's yeah. like and the how referee, is that? Yeah, and the referee hate he hated the Americans. Like that guy was a turd when it comes to being a fair game. Yep. But um, yes, I I would like to publicly say that I I would be fine if the U.S. won. Against England on Friday? Yes, definitely against England, because that's big, uh, like, we make 1776. Ben, you know? 1984 equals 1776. You know that, yeah. don't you? So, like, in general... And we're currently living 1984. Going deep in the tournament, they play too many MLS guys, you know? Are well, you talking about America? Yeah. It's because like, they don't have anything ben, better than It's that. not like they can go get guys out of the English Premier League, because... A lot of those guys are English. Well, they have some guys on the bench that play in the Premier League. But yeah, but they're, they're lower levels. Long-time MLS guys. and the MLS There's no long-time style. MLS guys on there. It's the youngest team the USA's ever yeah, had. It's the second youngest team in the in The, the oldest guy there is Yedlin, who played. He's the only other guy that's on played in the World Ream. Cup. Huh? Big day for Tim Ream. Um, I'm getting my soccer takes. Like I, I'm, I'm starting to bake them. Okay, okay, good. My, my biggest take is like play the guys on the bench more. <laughs> you know, they got tired. Play the, the guys end. who are less good more. I would argue that once they started doing all the weird <laughs> substitution, it got they got worse. Well, I mean, uh, wait, uh, yeah, um, a couple needed to come out, but yes, it was. That's uh, another thing. The substitution, five of them. I thought there was three for some reason. Didn't it feel like the United States used up all their substitutions? Like boom, 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 and then Wales had like. Three here, and then they did two here. But did you guys notice, speaking of running clock, so how funny. slow some of those guys got off the field? And it was like, yeah, it's all well, part of three time minutes killing. later. It's all part of time killing. That's part of the game. It's funny listening to you guys talk about, I hate talk about it. soccer. I know. Well, that's the game, though. It's like, get off the field. I, I agree. It's like, move. The funniest thing this morning, so Argentina lost to... Um, Argentina was one of the odds on favorite to win the World Cup, Ben. They're the third-ranked team in the world. Yeah. They lost to Saudi Arabia. It's the biggest upset in World Cup history. Saudi Arabia is the 51st team in the world. Uh, I'm sure as as limited knowledge that you know, you've heard of Lionel Messi. Yes. Yes. But Argentina, Messi, they lost to Saudi Arabia. did they have Aguero, too? Yeah, they have a bunch didn't of... did he have a heart issue? He had to quit? Uh, Yeah. Well, yeah. He had a, a lot of players having heart issues lately. So, But, Ben... Saudi Argentina literally dedicates their lives to playing football, soccer. They lost to Saudi Arabia. That's not good. Yeah, not you could have got Saudi Arabia in that game 125 to 1. I've I've found the the evidence as to what has annoyed me with the way the United States approached the game. They played prevent defense essentially in the second half. Well, this dude Gio Reyna, he plays for Borussia Dortmund. Oh, look at that's that. A, that's a real team. Yeah, you know where that is? Uh, Germany. Correct. Yeah, I played with them in FIFA. Wow. But <laughs> but he was on the bench. It, well, he was hurt. Uh, no, I believe uh, the talk around town is that he is healthy. Talk around town. They were um, saying in the post game, in the pregame, that he was dinged up and that he might be able to play against England. I mean, he's still better than the MLS guys. Just like no more. You don't MLS even know guys. that. <laughs> I do know that. Yeah. I'm going to say he was well, probably hurt or he probably would have played. How many minutes do they play in a regulation game? In a, in a soccer game? Yeah. 90. Whoa. Well done. What right. is it called? That's my knowledge. What my is it called when you, you make a, a super far out kick and it, it hits the top of the goal and scores? 
What? It's an upper 90. Well, it's the corner, yeah. Um, yeah, I know some stuff. <laughs> I think there are, there are better ways that... Uh, I just don't like the sport. I, I, uh, What's the manager's Hol- name? Burhalter. Oh, that, well, there you go. Um, He's reading right now. There are better ways that, that he could approach this and... Th- like, tell him right now. Tell Burhalter's listening right now. Tell him, tell him how he could approach it better. Put the MLS guys on the bench, <laughs> you know? Like, we're done with this. Dude, Wales put a guy from it, the Premier League. league. Wales put a guy in from the Premier League who played in the third tier. Fine. That's, That's below better. MLS. Better than the MLS. No, it's not. So, actually, <laughs> one of my takeaways was Polisic. Yeah. I thought, I didn't think he was that good. Well, he got assaulted. He wasn't getting assaulted, but he he needs possession. He's he, his freak. His free kicks. Yeah, pieces dude, were tough. When they put him in the corner and they gave and his the other free kicks, those those kicks. Like I'm not a soccer guy, and I'm like, that's not good. No, his his set pieces were tough. You want to know why? He's surrounded by MLS guys. Uh, I don't think it had anything to do with that. And and, and they're just not good enough. I, I'm going to call it an entry. Is that yeah. is that yeah. like his entry on the kicks? Yeah. They were not placed well very done, well. Rowdy. Look at you just paying attention. I love it. Hey, well, I, I paid a... attention the closest after the game. It was more the, the post game because Kat, uh, Kate Abdu was well, RJ's right. There was a guy in Wales from the fifth tier of the Premier League as well. I didn't even know there's that many tiers. Oh, there's, oh, yeah, there's tiers, baby. Which I also don't understand why Wales is not part of England when it comes to the World Cup, but I'm sure there's a real answer Now that, that I don't know. You have to dive into that one. Um, Brendan Aronson was used as a sub. He plays for Leeds United. Leeds is terrible. Well, uh, it's it's more real than the MLS. <laughs> He's also from Medford, New Jersey. Big pipeline? Which means, like, play him more. Big People pipeline of talent in New Jersey? The New My- Jersey Messi. Gareth Bale is the best player, so obviously he's like sure everyone's Messi. got like a target on Messi his back. Messi just lost to right? Saudi Arabia. Uh, not his fault. Too many offsides calls, which were quite quite questionable. What, Rody? I said everyone's got the target on on Bale's back, right? Gareth Bale. Yeah. He's the best player on Wales. He's their biggest player. Yes. But my crosshairs <laughs> after watching that game is whoever Wilson is. <laughs> that Wilson! guy. <laughs> That would have been a guy where I would have had to have, like, from my my lack of soccer knowledge, would have coached, like, Will Farrell and kicking and screaming. I'm going to get the big guy out there throwing elbows. Hey, go take that guy out. Do you guys know where Gareth Bale plays? Yeah, in the MLS. Yeah. In fact, he scored the game-winning goal for L.A. in the MLS Cup Final over your Philadelphia Union. Yeah, yeah but weird. that's how I know. So how does a- that work? Um, I that's Wales. Wales can manage their okay. team how okay. they See, want. This is how I know he's a slick, savvy vet when it comes to soccer. Dude was extremely good playing for what? He was the, the highest paid player yeah, when he the went to Tottenham Real Madrid. Hotspurs, he went to Real Madrid. Real Madrid. He was a great player. He knows that he's on his way out because he's getting older. He's creeping up in his mid-30s, which is old in soccer. He's cashing in on the cash cow that is MLS soccer, getting paid handsomely to play at a low, crappy league. So listen to Ben's That's take. That's what all of the good players we're, do. We're getting to encompass Ben's t- take here. The United States of America needs to play less MLS guys, but Gareth Bale, the best player on the pitch, That's fine. is in the MLS. Yes, but... That's Wales can manage their team how they see fit. Someone make that make sense. I'm more concerned with our squad because they should have won that game and they didn't. I agree. They should have. Demanding excellence. They should have. Their style of play stinks. We also demanded that Welsh the Wales win yesterday. He said, "I hope they win three to one." I, I, I take that back. You said it multiple times. Uh, line, line four. Who's this? Good morning, Daniel. Good morning, gentlemen. Chad, Wisco, Chad. Yeah. What are you doing? Calling in the nine o'clock hour. I had to break up the soccer talk. Oh, we're getting to Wisconsin uh, football in a second here. Oh, thank God. <laughs> you, did you leave work just to call in to say stop talking about the beautiful game? Yes. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. What's going on, dude? What's <laughs> happening? Well, uh, I think we should just talk about how bad the Minnesota Vikings suck. <laughs> just just to ride by Eric and I-90 a little bit. Oh, he called he in this morning uh, with his tail tucked between his legs at about 6.30. So, Eric oh, on I-90? Yeah, Eric on I-90. Oh, good <laughs> freaking God. Yeah, he called in He called in all, all sheepish, so yeah. Good. But hopefully that shuts down the rest of the Viking fans for the rest of the year. Uh, Even in a down year. The Vikings' first team in NFL history to be 8-2 and two with a negative point differential. <laughs> <laughs> yes, they do. <laughs> hey, but I would, way, take, I would take a sucky season at eight and two, though, if I was, you know. I mean, you guys can get your uh, soccer talk in, Ebo. Well, Chad, you know, you're, bre- you're breaking uh, up a little bit, buddy. 
Oh, sorry. I'm glad. I think that's FIFA. I think that's FIFA here. trying to silence you. FIFA's trying to silence me. The, you know the, what is it? The, the World Cup organization that's inherently shady and uh, dark money. <clears throat> Uh, it's, it's really trying to silence me. It's either them or the inner uh, the Olympics that are the most corrupt organization, besides the government. But everything else is, you know, I don't know, it's FIFA or the International Olympic Committee that's the most corrupt. Well, did you guys see this about the beer sales yeah. in Qatar? Yeah, we like, talked about it. What man. a joke. Yeah, Ecuador was chanting, we want beer when they were beating Qatar. Chad, we, lo- <laughs> we love you, buddy. Smooches. See you guys. See you. Call tomorrow. Bye. Line two, good morning. Next summer, Mudikin. Michigan. All right, have fun. Well, on your way you go. All right, so, boys, England, Friday, 1776, Ben. Yeah. What uh, time is that game? One o'clock. The king says, let's see here, Ben's generation is raised to hate America anyways. That's why he went for the whales. Ah. Which is true. I mean, you, the generation, what are you in? A Z? What is it? Tough to say. What are they, Roddy? Tough to say. Z. Generation plus? Yeah. Designed. The hate America, brainwashed by TikTok. Um, that that game time on Friday is tough. You got Nebraska at Iowa running up against it. Uh, Rowdy did say that uh, that's part of his nap time. Also, college football. Yeah, college football is back in action officially. Well, I guess today there's two MAC games, and then there's a Thursday game between Ole Miss and Mississippi State. But the Friday, angle. you really get the big slate jumping back out at you. And I mean, America does have this going for it on Friday. We did win the war. In 1776. We did best though. Guys, I'm antsy to give out more soccer predictions. <laughs> yeah, Rowdy nailed it. Rowdy said 1-1 one, one, one draw. And you guys, well, you I said like, two, one. a draw, come on. And I'm like, it's soccer. Even a blind squirrel finds a nut. It's the same Danny Willett situation. In fact, today, uh, Denmark and... Uh, who the hell were they playing again? Denmark? Denmark Tunisia? Tunisia. They drew 0-0. Zero, zero. So that's their first 0-0 zero, zero tie of the World Cup. That sounds electric. <laughs> it was on the studio. It was very electric. It was very exciting. There's a question that needs answering. Grant Bills of the Wisco Sports Show. Are you a soccer guy? Uh, I, I mean, I, for the World Cup, I'll watch. I, I'm not going to act like it's my favorite thing. I'm, I'm not going to pretend just for these three weeks that I that I love it. But I, I, I'm watching and I'm enjoying it. took Rowdy by surprise that you were not because I said, I don't think you are. Took him by surprise. Yeah, I, it's not my thing. I try. Like, I, I wish I could get really into it. Like, with the Euro Cup and the World Cup, I try. But I just, I'm, I'm a casual. And it's fine. That's I fine. It. It's fine. Grant, I'm not really a soccer guy either. I'm just uh, good at predicting scores. Yeah, I already called the 1-1 uh, draw. Hey, uh, Grant, <laughs> you and I on the same wavelength. I want to ask you about this. Okay. When is, when, when are the Philadelphia 76ers as an organization... Going to apologize for Giannis Adendokounmpo uh, putting a ladder in front of him while he's trying to perfect his free throws. I'm not kidding with that. Now, neither are, am I. Are they children? Is, is, that orga- is that organization run by a bunch of children? Yes. Because that, that's what it seems. I, that's, oh, my God. And I want, that I, Wells, I want the Wells Fargo Center employee also to have a handwritten apology letter as well. Yes, yes, yes. And I don't think that's unreasonable. I saw the video, and I'm like, ah. That's a bummer. Like, uh, tough look for Giannis. But, you know, he pushed over a ladder. He didn't kill someone. Like, calm down. And then I read all the details. I'm like, wait a minute. Giannis should have put that ladder through that dude's head. Like, get out of his way and let him shoot free throws. What a just what another example of the Philadelphia 76ers just being a non-serious organization. It's and I'm East sorry, Coast elitism. Ben Kenny has to wear that. East Coast elitism, too. I have to deal with it every day with Ben Kenny. It's it's just like this <laughs> it's this air of I'm better than you. It's so it's so nauseating. But at the end of the day, well, they're little plebes. And I heard that did he really he said he's cheering for Wales? What's with that guy? <laughs> Again, East Coast elitism. I don't know what it is. And you made a really good point. Uh, on Twitter yesterday, you want to air it out on on the airwaves here about Ben Kenny and his his, his Welsh oh. connection. Oh, I said that one of his grandparents probably has a summer castle in Wales. <laughs> That's probably where they. <laughs> you know what? Without knowing the facts behind it, I think it's true. Uh, I, yep. And hey, hey, I I'm not anti a summer castle in Wales. I would love for Ben <laughs> Kenny to invite me to his summer same, castle same. in Wales. I would um, love to go. I I'm just saying. <laughs> The Kenny, the Kenny family probably has a castle there, maybe a summer home, a flat. I, I don't know. I would just like the invitation. Home. Just like the invitation. Yeah. Uh, Grant, yeah. how are we feeling about the Milwaukee Bucks, man? Uh, I know, you know, they continue to have a little, 
I wouldn't say trouble, but they're still missing some pieces. Uh, how good will the Bucks be, in your opinion, when they get a Chris Middleton, a Joe Ingles, a Pat Connaughton back? Oh, well, I think, Evo, they can be outstanding. I think they can be they can be the best team in basketball. I am glad that last night they seem to fix a couple of problems that they've been having, problems that are independent from their injuries, right? So the last couple of games, Bobby Portis hasn't looked great. You're like, man, he hasn't really found it yet. Giannis hasn't really found anything away from the rim. His floater game, his mid-range game, his jumper, none of it has been there. And the last couple of games, I'm like, man, that that stuff really has nothing to do with Middleton. That doesn't have anything to do with Pat Connaughton. Those are problems that are kind of separate from the injuries. And I think teams kind of get into trouble when they blame all of their issues on injuries because then maybe those injured guys come back, they still have issues, and then, oh, but then, you know, it's, it's a big deal. Then, they you know, a team can be in trouble. I'm glad that Giannis is hitting a couple mid-rangers last night. Looks good. Bobby Portis has scored 20-ish points in the last two games. He's looked really good. And then just getting Pat Connaughton back. And Chris Middleton is their biggest ball handler, Ebo. And he's their guy in crunch time when their offense isn't working and they can't get out in transition. They can go to him and he can make something happen. So, yeah, obviously those guys are huge and getting them back will be huge. But I'm glad that at least for the last two or three games, the Bucks have started to solve some problems independent of those guys missing because of injury. Yeah. So Grant, you just said the bucks could be the best team in basketball and Bobby Portis always seems like whenever they need him to play well, he does. Is he one of the most underrated players in basketball? Um, when he is a guy like, like last night and against Philly, he's going for 20 plus. He needs to be a guy who has a ceiling of like 25 points. Right. And he's been able to be that guy. He leads the NBA. At least he did a couple days ago in double doubles. Like, and I don't think his season is off to a great start, but he's still putting up those numbers coming off the bench. Yeah, I think Bobby's one of the most underrated players in the league because remember last year when Brooke was hurt, he just played center as basically the only center outside Giannis for this team last year. That was huge. Imagine what the Bucks would have been without Bobby last year. So, right. yeah, I think he's really underrated. Brooke Lopez is probably even more underrated. The Bucks just he's been get these guys in their program. They get him in for a mid-level exception or a minimum contract, and then they develop him, and they turn him into these great players, and then they keep him here. And it's really impressive, and that's why they keep contending, even though, you know, as a team in Milwaukee, you're not going to get a bunch of big-name free agents, and they haven't had any top draft picks. Yeah, Grant Bills of the Wisco Sports are joining us. Hey, but let's not forget who uh, who broke that trend of no free agents wanting to come here. Greg Monroe. Uh, Greg, big Greg Monroe said <laughs> no to the Lakers, no to the Knicks. Let's go to Milwaukee. Is he still in the league? What a moment yeah. in time. Uh, Grant, oh probably God. his biggest regret, too. <laughs> yeah. Let's see. <laughs> no, no longer in the league. Last played to the T-Bows. Grant, uh, before I let you go, two questions. Uh, yeah. How are you handling this? Um, now, they're not out of contention. They're, they're close. But how are you handling, uh, perceivably, the end here of the Green Bay Packers and supremacy? Okay. Can I yes. Can I maybe ask you for advice? You are my, my radio mentor on this network. You have... You know, you have taken me under your wing many a time. What do we do with this team? I'm not sure. I think just really quickly about my take on Thursday, their timing sucks. Like, I thought Rodgers played really good, and he missed, like, two throws. The problem was those were, like, the two biggest throws of the game that everybody saw at the end. But, of course, as soon as the defense starts working, the offense goes in the tank and vice versa. Like, I think this team is a lot better than their record. It's just their timing how are you guys treating this team? Give me some advice. Uh, I am not throwing in the towel until it is mathematically 0.00% for the Green Bay Packers because I've seen some crazy things. I don't know if it's going to be that crazy. So I'm going yeah. to in, try to enjoy moments, but here, here's what I'll always go back to. Watching highlights of the Cowboys win. The, they spanked McCarthy and uh, Dak and company at Lambeau Field. I'll just keep going back to that. Rowdy, how are you? Yeah, I'm also playing this out until they're officially mathematically eliminated but then I want to see Jordan Love play, and then I can't wait for this conundrum. They're eliminated. Jordan Love plays. It doesn't look great. <laughs> they have a top 10 pick, and they have either Johnston or Addison available as top really good wide receivers in the top 10. Or do they maybe think about pulling the trigger on another quarterback? Or do they draft a lineman? <laughs> well, okay. Here, can I just, can I just yes. complain about something? Yes. What if Jordan Love plays, looks ho-hum, and then, of course, Rodgers comes back next year anyways because that's what his contract is. i got to look at this front office and be like, what was the 2020 draft? What, a, what an absolute failure that was. I know. And it, it like, it's A.J. Dillon, Josiah DeGuire, it's like, what are any – none of these guys really helped us at all the last couple of years when you're trying to win a Super Bowl. It's just – I don't know. Smell Even if Jordan Love great, 
Yeah, even if Jordan Love looks great and, and oh, great, he's our quarterback now. Well, we got to pay Aaron Rodgers a bajillion dollars next year anyways, so I – I don't know. I just couldn't even imagine, Grant, if they do really just plummet here and they they do have like a top six or seven pick and they consider taking another quarterback. Which one would you want? Well, definitely not Levis out of Kentucky and not Richardson, so it would have to be the top two. But other than that, um, if they took two quarterbacks in 2020 and then 2023, I think Packer fans will rip their hair out. Do you guys do you guys think we're going to get a lot of uh, Willy Wony drama with Rogers this offseason? Oh, you know, maybe well, come back, maybe not. Like, how do you think that's going? to I happen? mean, Rogers can literally say, "I'm coming back. Don't worry about it." And the media, the national media, will drum up some crazy nonsense, and we'll get Aaron Rodgers drama. If yes, the, we totally will. I think if the Packers get eliminated from the playoffs, Aaron Rodgers will be back, 100. percent Grant, yeah, I don't want him to go out on a bad note. I no, agree with that. No. Yeah. All right, yeah. Grant. Um, in honor of one of your tweets last night. Hey, this band, and, and not just this song, this is a great band. People sleep. You guys, Rowdy, you talk about underrated Bobby Portis. The Los Lonely Boys are underrated. Should have played oh. last night in Mexico City? Yeah, I would have liked it. Uh, this album's awesome. There's so many good songs on this album. This, this guy's rock, This dude. song is just timeless. Grant, oh, my God. Thanksgiving coming up. What's the, what's the must-have on Grant Bill's plate Thursday? Oh, the you one dish he must have, and if he doesn't have it, he's gonna he's gonna take the turkey and throw it in his mother's face and say you ruined Thanksgiving. Okay, obviously ball. turkey, mashed potatoes, gravy. Yes, I'm a big cranberries guy. I need the cranberries oh, on the plate, dude. Cranberry oh, relish. My mom makes this cranberry relish. Oh, baby. Yeah. I need the tartness to go along with the turkey, and the, I, you need it. It's that accent on the plate. So I'm, I'm a cranberry guy. So same, dude. Oh, love a good cranberry, Grant. Oh. We love oh. you, buddy. Um, are you going to do any World Cup talk tonight at the Wisco Sports Show? I'm not going to fake it. Uh, my favorite thing about the World Cup is the United States draws, and everybody's like, the coach didn't make adjustments, and they took their foot off the gas in the second half. And I'm like, I don't know anything about soccer, but it sounds like every other sport, and the way we talk about every other sport. <laughs> it's like prevent defense. So, yeah, yeah, they went, they went prevent, yeah. So maybe a little bit tonight, yeah. Argentina, that's wild, so I'll try to talk Biggest about upset it. in World Cup history the last time. I'll leave you this stat, Grant. The last time Argentina lost a World Cup game after leading at halftime was 1930. <laughs> the first World Cup. Oh, Grant, we love you. We'll check out tonight, baby. Smooches. Hey, guys. And thanks have for a, having me. Love your show. Love have you a great Thanksgiving, you. too, okay? You, too. Enjoy the cranberry. See you, buddy. There he is, Grant Bills. Hope springs eternal. Packers, not dead Yet! Rowdy, you are just listening on some stats. Packers strength of schedule? Yeah, Packers have the toughest strength of schedule, so obviously they're playing the best teams record-wise, which means when you look at the fact that you get the Rams, you get the Bears, you get some of the Lions, which are the lesser teams. Now, you still got to go out and win those games, but they should be favorable. And then you look at their strength of victory because they are playing the toughest schedule. They also have the second... Uh, Second best strength of victory in the NFL, only behind the Cowboys. Weed them boys. And then when it comes to, uh, I love the luck stat. Packers have no Packers luck. haven't had a whole lot of luck. Packers I know going into luck. last week, they were, they went, remember two weeks ago, they were 29th. Yeah. They had moved up to 23rd. But still, that's uh, clearly bottom half of the league. Now, the Minnesota Vikings, still the luckiest team in the NFL. They have a rating of a three when it comes to luck. Uh, home advantage gives you plus uh, 1.7 in luck. The Vikings have a three rating of luck. The Eagles, 2.3. The Giants, 2.2. The Dolphins, 1.8. And then the Titans, 1.7. you got to go, <laughs> the Jets have 1.5. Did you know in the second half for the New York Jets, they averaged... What was it? I think it was 2.2 inches a play. Not yards. Inches. 2.2. That's almost, uh, that's that's two inches of an angry inch, Rowdy. And then last in the league is the Houston Texans. They have negative two. The Packers sit at 24th. Negative 1.2 in luck. New Orleans right above them. The Carolina Panthers right behind them. And then they go Chicago, Cleveland, the Rams, Jacksonville, Raiders, Broncos, Houston. Yeah, Cincinnati's my team to look out for going forward and into the postseason because currently they own, I believe it's the last playoff spot 
in the AFC. Now, Burrow wasn't healthy at the beginning of the year due to the, the uh, he had to have his, what was it, his... Uh, didn't he ha- Yeah, he had something. Appendix removed, I think it was. Something and like he that. didn't look good the first few weeks, but that was kind of like an emergency appendix surgery and where it burst on him. That's never and good. He, yeah, and he didn't know it. And then... You still yeah, got he, appendix? Yeah, he, yeah, he, he looked... He didn't look that great the first few weeks. Obviously, the Bengals lost and didn't look very good those first couple weeks. Jamar Chase, arguably one of the better receivers in the NFL, has been down with a hip injury. They're hoping to get him back this week. The The Cincinnati defense and offensive line are better than they were last year when they made it to the Super Bowl. They've had injuries, especially to two key players that I just mentioned, and their luck metric, very middle of the road. The only team with actually a negative luck metric that is still above 500. Man. It's just them in Buffalo. <laughs> yeah, right there. Uh, has, and, and and Cincinnati is a team that is actually built to kind of beat these Chiefs and, and Buffalo type teams, right? Yep. How, how are you going to beat the Buffalo Bills or the Kansas City Chiefs? I, I really don't think it's playing good defense because you can play really, 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 really good defense against the Chiefs and the Buffalo Bills, but we know that the NFL is skewed for offense and... Do you really think you can hold the Bills and the Chiefs to like 17 points and no. then have like an average offense beat them? No. I don't think so either. That's why, in my opinion, I think Cincinnati, again, could be a dark horse because they have the offense that can score 30 points. Yeah, and their defense is opportunistic. Uh, in the NFC, I mean, obviously the Eagles are the best at 9-1. and one, But you look at some of these teams, like the Cowboys at 7-3, and three, a pretender or a contender? The way they punish the Vikings... But then you go back and like, okay, well, the Packers beat them. Like, how do you Yeah, but there that was one? a lot of things going into that game. It was the McCarthy return. I think that's the big thing of it, the McCarthy The Rodgers versus McCarthy. I think that was the if, – if Mike McCarthy wasn't the coach of the Cowboys, I feel like the Cowboys win that game. And that's not a slight of Big Mike's coaching. That's just the inspiration that it gave Rodgers. Because you know Rodgers wasn't going to let that game. I think my dark horse in the NFC would be the – the 49ers. The I've Niners. liked that team all the year. For a while. Yeah, that it's just such a good roster. And then you then you add okay, the, Christian McCaffrey. Yeah. Like, did you watch any of the game last night in Mexico City? Some of it, yeah. Some of the things that they did with like the Debo ball. Samuel, Brandon Ayuk is a solid receiver. George Kittle had a hell of a game. And but the things that they they can do with Debo Samuel and Christian McCaffrey, both of those guys are easily could be seen as running back receivers. Like they split out McCaffrey, put him in the slot, threw him a slant. Like at that same time, in theory, they could have had Debo Samuel in the backfield. Like they're so versatile. Well, they were below 500 when they traded for McCaffrey, right? What are they? uh, Yeah, they were struggling, but that defense. So they have like so many studs on defense that were hurt all year. And now all of a sudden they're getting them back. Oh yeah. And Jimmy G is playing pretty well. Good. And then the Seahawks are coming back down to earth. Well, okay, the Giants are seven and three. Pretenders? They're, I've always thought they were pretenders. I never thought Daniel Jones was good. They just have luck on the side. Saquon Barkley has been healthy, which is big for them. They're the third the, luckiest team. Their offensive line has been really good. Their defense is decent. But look at their receiver position and their tight end position, kind of like the Packers. Wondell Robinson just tore his ACL. He was their most explosive wide receiver. They traded Kadarius Tony. He wasn't happy in New York. Kenny Galladay is the biggest fraud ever once he got his money. <laughs> uh, Bellinger, their solid young tight end, got hurt. Well, Tony's out now with a hamstring injury, too. I don't think Daniel Jones can continuously just hand it off to Saquon Barkley and you <laughs> expect him to stay healthy and at the same time run the football the way he has and think that you're going to win a lot of games. I do think Brian Dayball is a good coach. I mean, he's won a lot of games probably because of his coaching. Yeah. But I, I feel like they're they're too. definitely pretenders. All right, um, I think the Seahawks are pretenders as yeah, well. Yeah, they're pretend- the Vikings eight and two. I mean, they're the second best record in the NFC. Vikings sit at eight and two. Numbers say they're pretenders. Uh, they're the first team in NFL history to be eight and two and have a negative point. I think the best three teams in the NFC are the Eagles, the 49ers, and the Cowboys. Eagles, Niners, Cowboys, and then it's what a bunch of what are you? Yeah, it's like, what is Tampa Bay? Tom Brady's undefeated since they filed divorce. Yeah, Tom Brady is not letting that divorce get to him. The defense has been playing better. Well, I just saw Giselle was out pictured on a vacation somewhere with her new uh, fling. So you got to imagine Tom Brady's going to be even more pissed off and go win another game. But they just, they haven't looked good. 
No. Even with the defense playing better, they still really can't run the football. His offensive line is still not good. Who do they have here? Oh, they got the Browns coming up. So the Vikings, I think, are pretenders. I think their defense isn't very good. The offense is is clearly good, but Dalvin Cook hasn't been very good this year. They haven't been able to run the football. Their offensive line is now starting to take on injuries. The Commanders, Commanders might be a team that hey, they're sneak trending into up the, a little bit here. Heineke's been playing well for them. At least gives them a spark energy wise that Wentz wasn't. I don't really think he's physically better no. than Wentz. Well, I heard Ron Rivera say like, "What made you you know tab Heineke the starter?" And he goes, "Winning." Well, I also <laughs> I heard winning, on a podcast winning. they were talking about the weird the weirdness of Carson Wentz. How when you look at his stats, he's actually pretty good. You go back to his Eagle days, like in seventeen when he was about to win the it MVP. Seems like everyone just hates him. That's the thing. He's he's not a locker room guy. They they don't like him in the locker room, and guys don't play for him. Yeah, he must Where be a big turd. Heineke, people love him. Like they they had the bush light and the necklaces. Yeah, which Ron Rivera punished them for. And they're getting Chase Young back, and the defense is yeah, all just, of a sudden. Well, they activated him yesterday, right? Yeah, the the defense is all of a sudden playing up to expectations because it was supposed to be a pretty good defense on paper. They weren't playing very well beginning of the year. Now they're getting healthier and playing well. Chase Young's going to be a difference. That team might be one that they're just outside of the playoffs. That wouldn't surprise me. I think the Falcons are pretenders. All they can do is run the football. They don't play good defense. They can't throw the ball well. Clearly, Detroit's a pretender in front of Green Bay. So I, I do think there are plenty of teams that are quote-unquote pretenders. But the biggest thing for Green Bay is win a freaking game. If you can't win, it all means I nothing. Know. You need to. All you got to do is win. That's all you can control is just win some effing games. That's all you got to do. Here, here's my way too early Super Bowl prediction. Just from uh, Packers Bills, I'm gonna go 49ers Bengals. Niners Bengals, I can see that. Especially happening. if Jamar Chase comes back healthy, I can see a rowdy. This is Mike. Good morning. Hey, Mike, what's up, dude? How you doing? I'm doing you well, my that? friend. You watch that game last night? How about that third quarter for your Milwaukee Bucks? Ooh wee. Man, that was a that was a tough team. They're looking sweet, dude. Did you watch uh, the Philadelphia game where Giannis got into it with the Wells Fargo yeah. Center employee with the yeah, ladder? I don't know that he moved the seventy sixers. The seventy sixers, <clears throat> excuse me, need to publicly apologize to Giannis Antetokounmpo, and that employee needs to write him a handwritten letter to say how sorry. He you is. know what? That's interesting. I was just thinking about that. Like, why aren't the seventy sixers saying, "Hey, we're sorry for this." And then Harold came and started chirping at him as they're all oh, at the other end of the court doing the same exact stuff. Unforgivable. So that's how it started. Yeah, um, yeah, I, yeah I followed all that. That's how it started. He was barking at him, telling him to get off the court. Like, how rude is that? You're at somebody else's house. And then the employees were just, I didn't love that at all. And, um, yeah. you know, Giannis did Giannis, though, and I love it. You know, if somebody's telling you or trying to bully you, he just ignores them. He said, you're welcome to practice with me if you'd like, but I'm going to stay right here. <laughs> and uh, that's the kind of human that, you know, that's a good example. Yeah. I love Giannis. Man. Giannis that's is the good man. Example. He is the man. I love all the national media is trying to spin it like he's the bad guy in all of this, too. So yeah, literally, he's just trying to know, shoot free throws after, get... he's, after he's sucked <laughs> on free throws down yeah. the stretch. Yeah, that's all right. I mean, Giannis, he, keep doing Giannis, man. Yeah, a big 37 points last night, though, from the Greek freak, man. That was uh, awesome. 119-111, a victory at the Pfizer. Some good stuff right there. He's so damn consistent. Like, I don't remember a player quite as consistent as Giannis ever. Like, he always brings that 100% effort. Like, it's it's pretty damn impressive. I don't, I don't actually know another sport player that I've seen that's been quite as consistent or dedicated. Yeah, and Mike, um, uh, good stuff for you right here. Uh, Middleton, uh, this comes from uh, our guy yep. on Twitch. Uh, yep, to the Wisconsin I'm Herd. I'm way ahead of you, man. I'm way ahead of you, yeah. <laughs> set, to, set to come along Great nicely news. here. Let's go, baby. Hey, question for you. So I, I, this call did have a meaning instead of just saying go Bucks. Um, there's been a lot of rumbles about getting rid of Grace and Allen, yeah. uh, particularly a straight-up trade for Crowder. Um, what are your thoughts on that? I, uh, I guess I'll, I'll let you answer, but you got I it. liked Allen this year. He hurt us last he year in the playoffs. But come on, man. He's not Chris Middleton. Yeah. You know, that's just the long and the short of it. I – 
I don't want Crowder. I like Allen. I'll, I'll see what you have to say. You about. got it, Mike. Yeah. Hey, have a great yeah. Thanksgiving, brother, and we'll talk you a little bit right now for you. Yeah, see, take care. Bye. See now. Much love. Rowdy, I mean, Grayson Allen. Remember the Bucks got Grayson Allen? And we were all uh, kind of leery about it because, you know, Wisconsin basketball, Duke basketball, and how he just was kind of a turd in college. Well, he was really good for the Bucks in the regular season, especially down the stretch. But, my God, did he disappear hard in the playoffs. Your thoughts on Grayson Allen before we get to, you know, the potential Jay Crowder trade? Oh, well, I think he is what he is, right? Yeah. Like, he's a scorer off the bench. I don't really expect Grayson Allen to come in and be a defensive stopper. And... What he was asked to do last year in the playoffs was probably a little over his head from what the Bucks even want him to do. Because, again, he's a guy to come off the bench and score. In the playoffs, we know that your bench gets shortened. Now, he's still a guy that would have been playing, but yeah. his role completely changed. He was asked to try and carry the Middleton load because Middleton wasn't there, and he couldn't do it. He He can't physically play as good a defense as Chris Middleton can play, and... When you ask him to be a two-way player and pick up the scoring, I think that was way over his head. And that's not just for him, but that's for like Pat Connaughton's of the world. Because him and Pat Connaughton are honestly, during the playoffs, the same type of player. Yeah. Come in, score some points. Uh, you know, be, Planet bring, Pats have bigger minutes. Yeah, but. be be an energy guy. And Pat Connaughton's even the better defender. So, yeah, I think he was over his head. I would actually be open to a Jay Crowder trade. Yeah. Oh, he's been nursing a little injury. What is the uh, 9.4 points this season, 5.3 rebounds, and almost two assists. And the reason why I'd be open for the Jay Crowder trade, Jay Crowder's a guy that we know is is also an energy guy. He's, he's kind of a Bobby Portis tough guy, but he plays good defense. Yeah. And this Bucks team, what have they been doing all of a sudden this year? Dude, they've been clamping on D. They were one of the best offenses last year in a middle-of-the-road defense, and they completely flipped it. Now they're one of the best defensive teams and a middle-of-the-road offense. Yep. Jay Crowder just makes your defense better. He's a no-nonsense guy. Exactly. He's He kind of brings toughness. He'll bring some defensive energy. And when you think about it, you get to the postseason because the Bucks season doesn't start for me until the Eastern Conference semis after they blow out the lowly team they play in the first round, <laughs> yes. you shorten up your bench. You still should have Pat Connaughton and Joe Ingles, who are scorers off the bench. You don't really need a Grayson Allen. You could trade for a Jay Crowder, get some more defense well, yeah, to come Pat off the Conn- bench. Yeah. yeah, I would be open to it. So I See, uh, Mike uh, you know, likes Grayson Allen, like he was saying. You know, Grayson Allen's a fun little story last year before the playoffs. Jay Crowder gives you that toughness in the in the postseason that you need. I mean, you can be as good as you want and, you know, a cult hero, likable guy in the regular season. That don't mean diddly-poo. you got to be getting it done in the playoffs. I mean, the Bucks are looking for their second championship, you know, uh, since they won after 50 years. So Jay Crowder brings that, you know, tenacity out there. To, I think Grayson Allen kind of showed he shriveled up a little bit. Well, I also think his role is not going to be nearly as big no. as it was last year. He's not going to be asked to do as much. And if you're you're not asking a guy to come in and do as much, especially if Joe Ingles can get healthy... Jay Crowder's defense might be more valuable than a Grayson Allen who might be a second or third guy off the bench. And just think how good the Bucks are going to get once a Middleton comes back, once, you know, Connaughton, a Joe Ingles, who you said, and then if you were to add a Jay Crowder. I mean, the Bucks, the Bucks haven't even scratched the surface of, you know, how good they can be. And they're the best or one of the best teams right now in the NBA. And Plus, we'll I'd, have to to, I'd have to look at the contract situation. But uh, did they not just, uh, they just signed Grayson Allen not too long ago. So maybe that could actually relieve them of some money. And I have to go and look at that too, but, uh, yeah, or um, get out of the Grayson Allen contract for years to come. Let's see. There's a couple other teams calling in on Crowder. That would be the Heat and the Cavaliers, but the Bucks are considered the favorites to land him. Uh, I'll see our guy Daner says, Let's see here. Set to return sometime after the new year, Jay Crowder. So I have a feeling he'll have the same effect as an Ursan Ilyasova role. Don't! A guy can only get so excited. I love me some Ursanity. Ursan Ilyasova. No one took a charge better than Ursan Ilyasova. The Turkish Thunder? The but Turkish, was he really Turkish? Yeah. There's a conspiracy theory around him, too. I love me some Ursan. There you go, a little yeah, bus chatter. Just looking at the contracts, Grayson Allen still under contract for next year as well, where... Jay Crowder, I'd have to pull him up, but uh, maybe it would relieve them of some money too. Because remember the Bucks, they didn't have a ton of <laughs> options because of their salary 
uh, situation. I love this. Um, our guy Grass on Twitch says, can the Bucks have Jay Crowder play with enough pride to not flop? <laughs> so, Jay, so actually, Jay, uh, hope, you hope he doesn't watch the World Cup. Really Jay Crowder by flopping. currently is making just under $10.2 million this year, but he'll be a unrestricted free agent at the end of the season. Grayson Allen making about eight and a half million this year and next year. So yeah, it could potentially help get them out of the Grayson Allen contract Mm. moving forward Mm. because you know that they didn't have a ton of money this off season and you have the Middletons and the Giannis's that are going to be coming up due for extensions here soon as well. Yep. So I'm open to the Jay Crowder. I'm also open to it as well. Grace. I did say um, when they traded for Grayson Allen, I'm like, all right, this will be interesting. I welcomed him with open arms. He was a fun little, you know, player in the regular season. Then after the postseason that happened, I did say that I was done with him after him disappointing me. So, you know, maybe it's time for something else. A little Jay Crowder action. We'll see. Line one, good morning. Had to call in to give a shout-out to my Uber driver, Randy, this morning. Randy! Randy. So Vagabond uh, Johnny, what's up? And shout-out to Randy. We love you, Randy. This guy, I, I walk in the car. He's got a, uh, a Brewers license plate. He's wearing this awesome Brewers jacket. And so I sit down and I'm like, "Okay, you drive Uber in the morning. Are you a sports talk guy?" And he goes, "Yeah, I'm a 100.5." And I said, "Hold, tough. hold, hold the, hold tough, the line, man. Tough. Hold, wait a second here. Tough. We're gonna, we're gonna." Is he touched in the head a little bit? You know, well, we we introduced him to the great show that is over the line, mm-hmm. and I think uh, mm-hmm. I think he's sold. So yeah, if you listen to one hundred point five, you might be a, a dimmer lit bulb. Just a FYI, <laughs> I, I explained there's, there's a, a couple, couple local cards guys, missing out of your deck. You know, and I explained that you know if you want baseball insights during baseball season, and quite frankly, a little bit too much off in the off season, uh, <laughs> you know, this is the show for you. Hey, uh, Rowdy, if Randy is listening, do you have uh, two words for one Brent Suter? See ya! (laughs) You you nailed it. You nailed it. Make about Johnny. Thanks so much for spreading the word, though, of Over the Line. We appreciate that. Yeah, I had to. Yeah, 100.5, that's like like low-T kind of listening, you know? (laughs) Listen, they're not... You won't hear any new male medical, uh, you know, they're not trying to fix their whatever. No, they're, 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 they're settled with a lot of life, low T. They're not even going to try and fix it. That is, there it is. There it is. Also, I, I, I was going to have a hot take on the whole Jim Leonard thing. Do it. I've accepted my fate. Uh, I am not happy about it. I'm ready for the dark ages. I'm just, I'm just ready to take it. Wait, you're saying I Jim wanna... Leonard's bringing in the, ushering in the dark ages? Absolutely. Oh, well, no, I think firing Paul Chris after losing to an Illinois team that's pretty good. He got like, This guy got fired for losing the bowl teams, you know, and I'm sitting here thinking, who does Wisconsin think they are? Spending last in the Big Ten and recruiting. You're going to fire a coach for going back-to-back nine-win seasons and losing to bowl teams? Right? Jim Leonard is the one that lost the not-bowl team. That's Michigan State. But I could go on for a while, but I think I'm just going to accept it. You know, it, it is what yeah, it is. Yeah, accept your lot in life. Much like 100.5's got low T. I get it. Wisconsin thinks they're Michigan, and uh, they're not yet. <laughs> I mean, if Jim Leonard can <laughs> double down on the investment in the program, he's got a chance. But, I mean, if, if they're not spending money, I don't know what they're doing. Yeah. we got one season left to try to win the Big Ten. Otherwise, no division, no chance. Yeah. It's the Dark Ages. Man. That was sad. I'm well, sorry. Hey, we're going to talk to Jimmy Leonard coming up for you, okay, Johnny? I think you're always fighting for something. Every, every team has the same goal coming into the season. And I think for some, it's, it's more realistic than others. And I think we were one of those teams that definitely believed. And I'm not saying that it, it can't happen, but we're going to have to play a hell of a lot better. And we're going to have to coach a hell of a lot better. And just truly take it that one game at a time. And you're always fighting for something. You're always fighting for your job. Always, every time you go out there, that's always going to be the mindset. Whether you're in the race or not, to me, you're always fighting for your job. Packers head coach Matt LaFleur talking about fighting the rest of the season. This guy's always fighting for that extra turkey leg. Our guy Mike Clemens. <laughs> Morning, Mike. How's it going? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I prefer the, the, the drumstick. Yeah, you yeah. got me there. You I'm a dark meat kind of guy when it comes to Thanksgiving, you know? I'm a yeah. dark meat guy. Yeah, me too. Me too. And I get ravenous, Mike. Mike, how's it going, man? Um, better than the Packers, I'd imagine. 
Uh, I walked out of that game, uh, the stadium, about 3.34 a.m. Friday morning Mm. after they lost to the Titans. And, you know, you knew the Titans were going to be a physical team. Uh, The Packers' defense actually did a pretty good job of keeping Derrick Henry to under 100 yards. Um, Although, you know, here they they, they let him throw a football, pass a football, Mm. you know, to Austin Hooper and have some fun that way. Uh, and then he, he ran that little screen over the middle and picked up 40 yards that way. But um, at the end of the day, it's like, my God, I mean, you know, the, w- this this loss, this this uh, bad stretch that you've had right in the middle of the season, and we've talked about, well, you know, the young receivers aren't ready, the older receivers are hurt, Sammy Watkins still isn't on, you know, does isn't on the same page or understand what the routes are going to be. Uh, offensive line problems, maybe it's coaching problems, you know, you lost a lot of coaches, all this other stuff. The number one reason that the Packers are losing right now is because their highest-paid player is trying to throw footballs with an injured thumb. And when he hit, hurt that thing uh, against the Giants in London, they've gone 1-6. and six. Mm. You, you pay this guy all this money, to be Superman, and that's his kryptonite, is gripping the football. And when Sammy Watkins is wide open on a key clutch third down and the ball goes sailing over his head, or your WR1, Al Lazard, is wide open and he watches the ball sail over his head, it's because the quarterback is not Aaron Rodgers. It's, you know, it's 75% at the best of Aaron Rodgers. So... Then Friday afternoon, there's a tweet that came out. Have you guys talked about this? Yeah, yep, yep. All right, so let's. I will tell you, I looked this up over the weekend after hearing Bill talking about it on his show. And actually, I recognize the kid. He's actually been to practice a couple of times, like outside the fence. And as a matter of fact, one of the Packers' uh, website people said, Oh, hey, how you doing? So, like, he's a regular, you know, not a security guy, not some something weird. The, the, the Packers front office knows this young man. He's maybe in his teens or early 20s. And so then on his, uh, on his Twitter page uh, about uh, a week and a half ago, he was inside on a Make-A-Wish visit and got to be with Aaron Rodgers, and they took pictures by where those four Lombardi trophies are that you see when you're on the tour. So that part is all legit. And then he says that, you know, he asked Aaron just in passing, well, how are you doing? How's your thumb? And then he claims, the kid claims that Aaron said, well, it's broken. So, yeah. And then he put that out there, and then people saying, well, if that's really true, I mean, why would he tell you? Or aren't you, you know, giving in some confidence or whatever? And then, of course, by Sunday night, I'm driving home. And I hear national people saying, well, why isn't the media asking Rodgers? Has anybody asked Rodgers if it's broken? I said, okay. <laughs> That's when you get me upset. Okay? Because I've been asking him about every other week. You know? And, and when he's been asked once, is it broken or not, we've got an answer. So the, the other questions are, how are you coming along with that thing? So here's, here's the actual tape. When we ask the point blank, if he's taken more snaps in shotgun, than under center to ease the pain of the right thumb. And then the second question in, you'll hear him ask point blank, is the thumb broken? Listen to this. Yeah, I mean, I think we've been running the ball pretty good in the gun. And a lot of teams will have a check if you're in the gun to a certain coverage and a check if you're under center. And so some of that is trying to get the defense to play some more shell to give us lighter box to run. Um, But, uh, you know, I've told them I don't need any uh, extra snaps in the gun, you know, when it's game day. I'll deal with the pain, and, and I can take a snap from under center. Uh, but we've just kind of gone in that direction a little bit more. Two more, friend. Your thumb broken? My thumb is hurt. <laughs> I might. Yeah, I might. Uh, definitely felt a little better in the second half. Uh, it felt pretty good leading up to the game, but there's every now and then there's a certain snap or play that might – uh, might hurt it a little more, so um, we'll see how it feels. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go easy on the on some of the under center snaps until later in the week, and then, and then if it's feeling good, uh, probably won't tape it. But if I need a little reinforcement, then I will. 
Mike, I, I think we need to, or not we, but formulate a question where he has to say it's broken somehow. I don't know how you do that, but it's like, all right, you said it's hurt. How hurt is it? Is there is the bone out of place? Like, I don't know. I don't even know how to, how do you do it for him to get an answer? In 2018, remember the opener at home against the Chicago Bears and Aaron Rodgers is carted off with a knee injury yeah. and disappears and then incredibly starts walking out of the tunnel about the start of the fourth quarter, mm-hmm. throws three touchdown passes, and one of the greatest comeback victories in the history of the franchise and Incredible. embarrasses the Bears, right? Incredible. Uh, for the rest of the season, we knew Aaron Rodgers was on the injury report with a knee injury, and you thought, eh, it's a sprain. And you think five or six weeks into it, you think, uh, you know, they, it's, that should be feeling better now. And yet he's throwing balls into the ground. And he's just kind of a statue. He's not very mobile. Well, people were thinking he's throwing games and trying to get rid of Mark, Mike McCarthy. Mike McCarthy gets fired the first weekend of December. And uh, it wasn't until April that Aaron Rodgers is doing an interview and finally says, yeah, actually, my leg was fractured. I played all last year with a fracture in the top of the bone just below my knee. He played a whole season with a fracture in his yeah. That's the way he's going to play it, okay? He played football for many years through Cal and then starting his professional career. Um, he played all through high school with a torn ACL and then had surgery, you know, at Cal. Yeah. yeah. Board. Um, this is the way Rodgers plays football. Uh, he keeps it, his cards close to his vest. Let's play this clip just one more time. He's asked... Is your thumb broken? And here's Aaron's answer a month ago. My thumb is hurt. Mike, I get the sense he just likes messing with you guys. No, I don't. No, he's he. I'm I'm guessing that he wants to play. The team knows what that thumb is. And he doesn't want to put it out there if there's a fracture. If, in fact, that's the case. We, I, I don't know what it is. Hmm. All I can tell you is what he just said. That's all he's saying. <laughs> now we got some kid that says, told me, yeah, yeah, he told me it's broken. You know, he's scooping you. You know, right. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, you know, uh, uh, but that's the status of the situation. Yeah. We'll find out someday how bad it was. And um, in the meantime, regardless of whether it's cracked, broken, broken, sprained, whatever, maybe you say to yourself, it's interesting that maybe LaFleur should have made a decision to say, you know what, I don't care what you say. Um, I'm going to set you for this commander's game or something in there and let love play, and you heal up so that you're ready for the second half. And maybe they would have won one of those games. Who knows? Right? Who knows? Yeah, who knows? So, uh, because... This team has also made some pretty bad decisions about Amari Rogers. He probably had a couple of punt returns too many. <laughs> By the way, I, I, I think so. You, while we're talking about ball carriers, have you seen this stat? Jamal Williams, the former Packer with the Lions, who you're going to see again in a couple of weeks, he leads the league in touchdowns. Yeah, yeah. He's got 12. You know how many touchdowns Aaron Jones has? Two. <laughs> Same as Jimmy Garoppolo. Hey, how about Zadarius Smith? He was leading the way of sacks in the NFL, too, for a while. Yeah, Melvin Gordon with two touchdowns, and he just got cut by the Broncos. Yep. Yeah. So It seems like everything that moves the Packers have been making coming up snake eyes lately. That, that's just how messed up the offense is. Yeah. You know? And, and, and when I saw the Colts almost beat the 9-1 and Eagles at home the other day, one of the things they had going for them, going against that tough Philly defense, is they'll send out four receivers – and then Jonathan Taylor comes swinging out of the back there, and Matt Ryan, man, Matt Ryan was completing passes, nothing fancy, just throwing to the open man, either the check down or the open guy on the right-hand side. If, if you're heavy on the left, there's one, there's one guy that's got a one-on-one somewhere and a couple of yards, and just playing, throwing 15, 20-yard high-percentage passes and moving the ball and almost, almost beat the Eagles the other day. So... That's what's going on there. Speaking mm-hmm. of beating the Eagles, um, so Jeff Saturday takes over for Frank Reich. Nick Sirianni, the head coach of the Eagles, this team you're going to face on Sunday night, he was the offensive coordinator under Frank Reich. 
for like three years under the Colts, uh, Indianapolis there. And, um, you know, with having his buddy fired and bringing in Jeff Saturday off the ESPN set to take over really ticked him off. And he talked about it after coming back to beat the Colts 17-16 to the other day. It wasn't, it wasn't what you, you draw up or anything like that, but this, this league, it rarely is. And uh, it's tough sledding. And, uh, and uh, it, was just, it was just a great win to be able to get that. Bobby was just saying that you were pretty emotional afterwards. He thought it was tied to the, your return here uh, to a certain extent. Kind of what are you feeling now that now it's over? Yeah, I, I, you know, I'm emotional because I, I love Frank Reich. I, I really do. And he's, uh, he's one of the best damn football coaches I've ever been around. So... Yeah, uh, yeah. I was hoping that, that him and I would be able to coach against each other uh, in this game. But he he is one of, he he's my one of my biggest mentors. I got my dad, I got Larry Karras, and and I got Frank Reich. And Frank's such a good football coach. And uh, yeah, you don't want to know what I think uh, of if he should be here or not. But because uh, you guys can probably imagine what I really think. Um, and uh, I love him. And uh, so I got a little bit emotional about that. And it was good to see the guys that I really cared about and some of the, the, the things that, you know, Quentin Nelson and, and Ryan Kelly and Paris Campbell, I got to talk to them after the game and Kenny Moore. Um, so, you know, that, that means a lot when they say some, some things that are obviously I keep those things to myself. But I spent a lot of time here. My kids, one of my ch- children was born here. And it's uh, it was sweet to come here, especially with what happened in this organization in the last couple of weeks and, and, and get the win, the win. We live in Indianapolis with a win. <laughs> hey, speaking of wins, Mike, um, the, the whole Jeff Saturday thing is, you know, the grand experiment. We'll see what happens. Speaking of wins, I mean, Packers, they literally got to be perfect, right, down the stretch, and they're anything but at the moment. They have to be perfect for just a chance. Yeah, they do. I mean, I, you know, I, I don't think they're going to the playoffs. I think that the, what they need to do is do continue to do what they can, try and put the best players on the field, uh, make some of these decisions to move on quicker. Uh, you know, the Christian Watson thing is, uh, that's an I told you so on part of the team. I mean, that's why they stuck with this kid, uh, didn't shut him down, put him on IR or anything like that. Um, when he finally is healthy and he's not having a concussion or a hamstring pull or whatever, he's breaking rookie records. He's, his five TD catches, you know, ties James Lofton's record from forever or Max McGee from the 50s. Uh, five touchdowns within two games. He looks the great. If he, and if if he doesn't have to look over his head, if he can see the ball come out of Aaron Rodgers' hand, you can run him on slants and fades and whatever and go routes and and or just get the ball in his hands, and he's going to be tough to bring down with his speed. So that's been a huge plus. About the only plus in the last month. And then Keyshawn Nixon, whatever guy off the street who said, "Boy, I don't know why I'm." Having a much better go at it here in Green Bay than the last couple of years in the Raiders, but I'm going to give you everything I can, and he's doing pretty good in his return. So you've got the Eagles uh, you play after that. Then you got the Bears. Justin Fields um, dislocated his shoulder. Yeah. So he may not be there over the next couple of games. Uh, then, then the Packers get the bye, and then they play the Vikings again, uh, the Lions again, the Bears. Uh, the Vikings have got you know just the same schedule – only these teams are better, I think, like the Colts and the Giants. Uh, and so, you know, whether you can catch up to the Vikings, who knows. But in the meantime, until you're mathematically eliminated, you keep on trying to win so that a lot of these younger players learn how to win. I think that you're also you're looking at a team where there's a lot of guys that aren't going to be back next year regardless, like Mercedes Lewis or Mason Crosby or maybe even Randall Cobb. I talked to Randall Cobb after the loss to the Titans and said, you know, so you're four and seven. I mean, you ever been in this spot and turned it around? Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, our backs are against the wall. Um, we were four and six one year. You know, when I was in Dallas, we were fighting every week to, to get into the playoffs. Unfortunately, we didn't. You know, there's a lot of things to lean on, but I, I think at the end of the day, it's, it's about finding a way to just win a game, and we're not doing that enough. You, you got to win games now. You know, you, you lose another one, and... I will say we're probably out. I don't know where, to, where we stand in the NFC standings, but our back's definitely against the wall. And, you know, I feel like we had a sense of urgency going into Dallas. I feel like we had the same sense of urgency coming into this game. And we just sputtered at times and didn't play complimentary football. Did you get the feeling you were trying to take away the run? 
early in the game? Um, there's some good things, and we there's some things that's, that's not so good. And every time you go back and watch the film, it's never as bad as you think, and it's never as good as you think. So uh, we, we got some learning to do, and you know, at this point in the season, we got our backs against the wall, and we got to figure some things out fast. Mike, I have it. Every game, Aaron Rodgers should just envision whoever the head coach is that he looks like Mike McCarthy. And, and then, then they can win those games. That's a good idea. I, I just, it just came to me. He can That's manifest the idea. image of Mike McCarthy on the sidelines, and he'll win every game. And then no, we'll Red Batty Equipment Manager, he's in structures right now. Put a visor yep. on Roger's helmet, Yep. and then just put a little hologram of McCarthy in yep. there. I figured it out. I, I, if you could pass that a message along if you're in the locker room this week, that would be great, uh, Mike. Well, we're in there tomorrow. I'll, right. I'll, I'll, I'll get right on it, Pat. Beautiful. Love it. Mike, have a great Thanksgiving. If there's one thing and one thing only that's got to be in your dish that makes a Thanksgiving for you, Mike, what is it? Uh, cranberries right next to the turkey, oh. please. Grant Bill said that earlier this morning, too. I love yeah. it. I'm a, I'm a yeah. cranberry guy myself. Mike, have a great Thanksgiving, and we'll talk to you uh, next week, buddy. You too, guys. Appreciate it. Bye-bye. See, see you, Mike. There he is.